When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday, February 8th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, we, we open up uh, today's show uh, as we have, uh, you know, far too many times in the last year, I guess, uh, talking about the, the passing of uh, somebody just beloved by the entire baseball community, uh, Pedro Gomez, uh, the ESPN reporter who uh, worked for so many years in uh, Oakland and Arizona uh, as well. Uh, he passed away suddenly at age 58. Uh, last night, we found out uh, pretty much right after the, the Super Bowl uh, word got out. And uh, this one just really sort of struck all of us really uh, just so deeply, mostly because Pedro was, and you can say this without, uh, you know, exaggerating in any way, he was the nicest guy you've ever met. Uh, he was so kind and so generous with his time. Uh, everybody has a story about Pedro and, and the, the work that he did at ESPN and, and everywhere uh, really benefited baseball and, and just highlighted what a, what a good person he was. And to have lost him uh, at, at such an early age like that, it's an absolute tragedy for the game. It sure is, Joe. It really, I mean, it's shocking. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, Mel Antonin died. Um, you know, of course, you know, you know, Nick Cafardo and Marty Noble, you know, guys that have died within the last two years, you know, longtime baseball writers. And I always think of Pedro as a writer, you know, a beat guy, you know, although, you know, he went on ESPN and got on the TV side of it and just a great guy. Uh, I remember in the uh, 1995 World Series, Pedro, his parents, you know, defected from Cuba and Pedro talks Spanish is, is you know, that, that was his first language. And he had, he'd been talking to uh, Carlos Baerga and Baerga said, you know, he had, he, you know, he, he was struggling because he had a shot in his ankle. Uh, his, his ankle was bothering him and no one had really heard that. And uh, Pedro came up and told me that, and uh, you know, he didn't have to do that, you know, obviously, but you know, it, it helped me write a story. And, uh, but that's the kind of guy he was, he, you know, he, he didn't, you know, he wasn't looking at to get a competitive edge uh, per se in that situation. He was just trying to help me out. And, you know, I, that's something I really thought about last night when I, when I heard the news and then you read everything about him and, you know, there's a million different stories like that, uh, right. about Pedro. So just a tremendous loss. 
uh, to his family. Obviously, his son Rio is is a is a pitcher in the Red Sox organization, a lefty. Uh, just and to his family and and the baseball community. Yeah, the the, the generosity is the, the the thing that I you know just highlight from from just interacting with him uh, on, a, on a limited basis. Really, you know, I've I've been full time on the Indians beat for three four years. But early on in uh, 2017, when the Indians were riding that 22 game winning streak, uh, and and sort of you know once it got near the the record, the, the national guys all started coming around the games, and you know the the press box got a little more full, and and the uh, the, the the post game media uh, media room got a little more full, and Pedro was there, and and Pedro was just just so warm and and you know. Uh, inviting to, to talk to. He didn't have to sit down and do 10 minutes in the Indians dugout with me uh, talking about the Indians chances that year. But I remember his, his, he said, you know, this could, this team could be a juggernaut. You know, that, that was when the Indians were, were rolling and, and everybody thought, oh, World Series is, is in the bag for this team. Uh, he sat down, didn't have to, I was, you know, nobody uh, in terms of uh, for a national guy to, to sit down and talk to. And, and he, he gave of his time uh, pretty generously. And then, you know, later on that night after the Indians come, come back with that, you know, tremendous comeback win, Jay Bruce wins it with the double in the um, uh, extra innings. Uh, Pedro, uh, you know, goads you into a, a hot call in the, uh, in the post case. He's like, come on, Hoinsey, we need a hot call. We need a hot call. And uh, he got you to do one, man. Yeah. How, how could you deny him that? Uh, yeah. That, you know? Well, that's what, when, when Pedro was on the beat, we used to do it every Friday night or Saturday night in Cleveland. So he was used to that. And, and we had stopped it when, when Sheldon Aka retired, you know, cause he, Sheldon was the brains behind, behind the outfit, but. Uh, well, you're just the beauty. You're just, Sheldon was the brains. You were the beauty, right? That's, the, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a bad combination right there. Oh, but uh, you know, just things like that, that, you know, all the stories that are coming out right, right now, obviously, uh, uh, it's, it's just, it just reinforces what a, what a great guy he was and how much he's going to be missed. Uh, this, this season will definitely uh, be different because of that. With Indians baseball right around the corner, there's never been a better time for you to register for Indian subtext. Our subscriber-based service gives you the inside scoop and analysis on the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions. It's a great way to avoid the trolls on social media, and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why should you sign up? Here's one of our subscribers, Bill from Arizona. I think it's great the way uh, uh, you guys have handled it this year and appreciate the fact that you know, you usually, uh, when you're able, respond pretty uh, quickly, either just to me or to, you know, to, to everybody. And it's nice to have a little insight on some things and then maybe an hour or two later, the story will break. I kind of feel like I'm sort of, you know, on the QT in the know and it's fun. Bill and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the team and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or text Hoinsey or Joe at 216-208-4346. Again, that's joinsubtext.com 
slash Cleveland Indians, or send a text message to 216-208-4346. We look forward to having you as a member of Indian Subtext. All right. Uh, I guess we, we touched on the uh, the other sort of the biggest news of the offseason so far on, uh, on Friday before we we got going. Uh, it was Trevor Bauer uh, signing with the Dodgers, uh, choosing the Dodgers over the Mets. Uh, a little bit of a kerfuffle there uh, with with Bauer. Uh, uh, it was it was announced or some uh, some national guys uh, uh, took it and ran with it that Bauer had a deal in place with the Mets. That wasn't necessarily the uh, the case. Nothing was ever signed, and uh, last minute he pivoted and and went to L.A. Uh, the 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 contract is is what I, I want to talk about. I mean, this is what Trevor Bauer was really looking for uh, all along was you know the most money up front, the most money average if you average it out, and uh, the the ability to get out of it after a year or two if he wants to. Yeah, I think what what is it, Joe? Forty million the first year, and then forty five million the next year, and like seventeen uh, the third year uh, with the Dodgers. And he's got an opt out after the first and second years, so you know he keeps his uh, he keeps his options open as for as far as you know his uh, perceived goal. Let's say perceived as just signing one year contracts for the for the rest of his career, but. It's hard to turn, hard to walk away from forty-five million, wouldn't you say, Joe? Right. Yeah, that would be a that would be a difficult uh, uh, thing to to not pick up that option as on on the player side. But but Bauer's goal, I think Bauer's goal overall was uh, to, to sort of railing against this system that sort of keeps you in place for six years and doesn't pay you what you're worth when you're early on in your career. Trevor Bauer is in a situation now where he can demand top dollar for his performance pay me what I'm worth is, is what, what Trevor Bauer's whole ethos is as far as free agency goes. And, and that's, he's in a position where he's going to be able to at least come close to what his value is. Yeah. I mean, he is, is. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not getting paid for, for what he's done. He's getting, he's going to get paid in his mind for what he's going to do, you know? So uh, that's uh, that's a great, a big contract for him. He kind of did it on his own terms. Um, now he's he's going home, basically. You know, mm -hmm. he's in LA. He's a Southern California guy. Uh, went to UCLA, and uh, now he's got a pitch. And uh, yeah, that's that's a big team he's on. Uh, defending World Series champs, and a high high you know high profile team, high profile starting rotation, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits in there. I I don't think he's going to have a problem pitching wise. But, you know, the personality wise, it's going to be interesting. Definitely. Uh, Bauer, uh, it, if he makes about 30, 32 starts in a season, if he pitches healthy, which he's, al he's always done unless he's taken line drives off the leg. Uh, if he makes that, that he'll, he'll, he'll make about uh, 1.8 million per start. Uh, according to the, that's think about that. That's, that's <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, bad. <laughs> I think it's one point three eight. I'm sorry, one point three eight per start if if he makes like thirty starts. Uh, that's kind of crazy, and that leads us to you know uh, a lot of people came out when they saw the numbers on that. They said, "Oh well, Trevor Bauer's now making more next year than the Cleveland Indians' entire payroll," and uh, that's not entirely accurate. If you if you take the the number of guys who are under contract, uh, the, I think there's eight guys under contract right now for the Indians. Um, 
and you're not counting the the other guys on the 40 man roster or, or even 26 man roster uh, that are going to make league minimum contracts that that's going to bump that up uh, over a over a 40 million dollar threshold. Yeah, he should. The Indians should come in right around 50 million. Uh, so uh, Trevor's only making what three, four, five, ten, whatever it yeah. is, nine tenths of what the Indians. Right, what, right, exactly. Will be so, uh, but uh, hey, that's uh, the have and the have-nots in uh, in Major League Baseball, and and just think what the Dodgers' uh, payroll is going to be if they sign Turner. Um, I don't see how you base, can. They're going to be. They're going to be way over the the uh, the uh, yeah. That, do it does does is Milwaukee the happiest team that they signed Trevor that LA signed Trevor Bauer because now LA can't afford Justin Turner. There that's and I we, we've heard that that Milwaukee was uh the team that was was hot and heavy on Turner. So yeah, and Milwaukee was also interested in uh, Jose Ramirez as well. But you know from uh, Chris Antonetti's comments last week i think uh, jose is off the market at least for this year uh looking forward as we get closer to uh pitchers and catchers reporting and spring training opening up uh we found out uh this afternoon that uh, there will be some changes to the, the spring training schedule as they relate to covid protocols and uh just sort of trying to to keep everybody healthy and safe through the beginning of spring training uh, the teams in Florida will sort of isolate into pods and play their games. You know, West Coast teams in Florida will play each other and East Coast teams in Florida will play each other. Uh, and we, we learned that uh, something similar could be in the works in, in Arizona, but not as drastic because in Arizona, the, the, the traveling uh, between locations is a little easier, not as far. It's a, a lot, lot different. And, and, they should still be able to have some semblance of a little bit more normalcy. The only thing will be the elimination of uh, split squad games. Yeah, Joe, I think they'll probably work in another off day in there. Um, and uh, the, the Indian Cactus Week season was supposed to start the 27th. Now it could start. It looks like it'll be moved back a day to the 28th. And, um, you know, I would think you know, it, it, they're still going to play, you know, close to 28, 30 games, exhibition games in, in, in Arizona. And, uh, but I think they're, they're just trying to, like you said, be a little more cautious and, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, just try to try to get through the spring training as, 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 as well as they can and as healthy as they can. If, uh, if you like Indians versus Reds matchups, you're going to get plenty of them, I guess, uh, coming up in, uh, in, in the Cactus League. There's a possibility. They play each other, I think, in, in a regular spring. They play each other about six times, four to six times. Anyway, it could be, could be more than that. Yeah, <laughs> they could become intimately aware of each other's presence uh, as, they, as they move towards the, the start of the regular season. Uh, speaking of Cincinnati, uh, the Reds have made a couple of moves. They, uh, they signed... Uh, D. Strange Gordon uh, to a minors deal. They, they, he, Gordon's a, a second baseman. They've already got Mike Moustakis there. Are they sort of banking on maybe the possibility of the, the DH slipping in at the last minute uh, in, in the National League? If you, you can DH Moustakis maybe a little while and, and, and play Gordon at second base, or he's also played outfield as well. Yeah, he's played center field. Yeah, I think uh, the center field experiment didn't go so well in Seattle for D. Gordon. I think he, you know, he, he, he 
He's more suited for second base. He's played a little bit of shortstop sporadically. Uh, so, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would think, you know, if you're, if you've got Moustakas on your team, you were probably looking at, you know, you're hoping for the DH to be brought back in for the 2021 season. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but, uh, but he has, you know, Moustakas played second base in Milwaukee, played second base, uh, you know, last year for, for, uh, for the Reds. So we'll see how that goes, but, you know, I think the Reds, still looking probably would like to find a shortstop and it seems like they might be the only last team standing right now with the trade that uh, Texas, Texas and Oakland made. Right. Yeah. I was going to get to that. The, uh, the Rangers and uh, the A's uh, hooked up in a trade. Uh, it originally was sort of a head scratcher, but when you think about the, the financials and the money, it, it sort of makes sense for both sides. Uh, Elvis Andrus goes from uh, the Rangers to Oakland so he's going to take Marcus Simeon's uh, spot at shortstop. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is going to be the, the shortstop of the future there in, in Texas. So, you know, Andrew sort of had to move on. He was, he, he, he was, he's been there a while. He's sort of that last connection to the, uh, the back-to-back pennant winning teams in uh, 2010, 2011. But, you know, they got value for the contract that they signed Andrus to. He signed for, what, $100 million, something like that. I, you know, they got more than a hundred million dollars worth of, uh, you know, certainly war out of him uh, over the last you know dozen or so years. Uh, Chris Davis comes back to the Rangers. So there's a, there's the, uh, the statistical anomaly of Chris Davis. His, uh, his batting average always seems to, to, to fall into a certain number at the end of the year. Um, so Chris Davis will come back to the Rangers. Uh, ostensibly that takes, Oakland off the market for uh, Ahmed Rosario. Uh, if the Indians are looking to trade uh, Ahmed Rosario, the one of the two shortstops they acquired in the Francisco Lindor trade. Yeah, definitely. And I wonder, you know, if, if the Reds are still talking to the Indians or will, you know, kind of increase their talks with the Indians about Rosario. And, you know, the guy I'm interested in that in the uh, Texas Oakland trade, Joe, is Chris Davis. I mean, you know, this is a guy, what, he had 40 home runs back-to-back years. He had to see, like 247 and 40 home runs in back-to-back years, something like that. I don't know. But, and, um, and he hit the wall. He hit the wall in Oakland and, you know, was injured and really kind of has fallen off since. And I think he could do some damage in that, in Texas's new park. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, certainly as the, as Texas, you know, is in that new uh, new ballpark that we saw during the World Series and the uh, the National League uh, Championship Series. Uh, it's 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 not necessarily going to be the same uh, hitters park as uh, the the Globe Life Field in Arlington was on a on a hot day. You're not going to get the uh, the concrete uh, pavement uh, infield like uh, like you did in Texas. Uh, so the Reds the Reds look like they are spending a little money. Like like we said, uh, they they signed Sean Doolittle. Uh, 1.5 million. Uh, they get him from the Nationals. Uh, uh, he had knee and oblique injuries in in 2020. But this is the kind of guy who maybe if he if he comes through and and pitches and, and does well, this is the kind of guy that he, on a one year deal that they could flip for a, a prospect or something uh, later on in the season if their if their season isn't going great. Yeah, and they're probably looking for a closer too because what Iglesias they traded in right. and they mm-hmm. traded Archie they they non tendered or. Archie Bradley, they didn't, they did not tender him, right? Back, yeah. So uh, they need some help in the pen. So this is kind of a, 
you know, that stopgap guy that, that could help the Reds. Uh, what do we think the chances are that the, the Indians are actively shopping Rosario and that, you know, if maybe if they play each other six to eight times in spring training, the, uh, the Reds can get a good long look at them. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be, you know, the Reds and Mets are both in the national league. So I'm sure the Reds know about this guy, you know, they know what he can do. He's been in the league for about three or four years. Uh, but yeah, I, I get a little up close and personal look at the guy every day. Yeah. That, would, that could help, but you know, I get the impression, Joe, that they want to keep him. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's either, I think it, like we've talked about before, if you're paying, if the Indians are paying you over $2 million, you're there for a reason, either you're a trade ship or you're going to, you're going to be in the lineup pretty much every day or as, as a regular, you know, right. three, four, five times a week. And, and I don't even want to go down the rabbit hole of who the Indians would, would want to take in return for Ahmed Rosario off of, you know, Cincinnati's hands. There's, there's, I'm sure, a, a number of options, you know, guys that they've seen in the outfield, but you probably have to up the ante of, with more than just Ahmed Rosario if you're going to get uh, – I, I know for a long time they've coveted Nick Senzel uh, yeah. for, the, uh, for the Reds, but it's going to probably cost them a whole lot more than just Ahmed Rosario for, for him. Yeah, Senzel's had such a tough time staying healthy the right. last couple of years. He's had one injury after another – you really, we really haven't seen him, you know, what he can do over the course of, uh, you know, a sustained, sustained course of games. All right. All right. Well, uh, as we look forward to the week, uh, you got uh, big plans for Valentine's Day coming up at the end of the week. Are you starting <laughs> to make your plans now? Is that, uh, that what we're doing? My wife told me, uh, whatever you do, don't send flowers to work. So I'm not, I'm off the hook. So I, I'm not doing that. It, it, it's not the same when they're delivered by a guy in a mask, I guess. So That's right. She said, all the, all those flowers do is die. Okay. <laughs> well, there you I go. Makes it nice all these years. Get, get her a box of chocolates and that way you can have half. That's what I hope. That's right. That's, that's what she wanted. So I'm, I'm there. All right. All right, Hoinsey. We'll uh, check back in with you uh, again this week here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.